Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Am I excited about our program? Well, of course I am. I'm always excited, but especially today because we're going to continue our conversation as we bring you new choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true with our very good friend, I'd like to consider him a good friend, uh, Michael Goddard. He is going to share with us here on the program, uh, in addition to uh, much of his other work uh, in reference to... Um, uh, lost lives. He has a book out in that regard. We'll talk about that uh, somewhere down the road. Mysteries of existence solved. We're going to talk about some of these aspects, and uh, I think it's important to uh, to talk about some of these things. And I, I love the fact that we're having these conversations. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us again. It's great to have you with us, Richard. It's marvelous to be back and to continue the conversation. I can't wait. Absolutely, absolutely. So. One of the uh, the interesting things is that there are a lot of, um, well, I, I, I guess I could say programs, uh, whether they're on the Internet or or they're on the on demand or the networks or what have you. You can find them all over the place uh, in reference to uh, a matter of fact, this one we're watching now is uh, Ancient Mysteries. I think that's the name of it. Uh, I, I've seen a few. Of them you've seen a few of those. And, and I have found them. I'm hoping they're fairly accurate, I've, but I found them fascinating because of some of the the concepts that they bring up, the the the, the questions, if you will, the conversations that that they elicit, and it is neither uh, plus or minus positive or negative uh, in reference to these questions. It's um, what do you think? What do you think? Now here's one I want to talk about in reference to our conversation today that always has fascinated me. We hear often, especially from uh, one or two particular realms, I'll call them, of our society, uh, that, um, that uh, uh, there is this process that has been called, and I'm not sure for how long, maybe hundreds or thousands of years, called evolution. And that we we spring from of a, an evolutionary process, we humans, as well as the rest of the world, the rest of uh, the living world. And I've often wondered, okay, um, I'm born, and I'm fed and clothed and cared for, and I grow. So there is sort of a physical evolutionary process. Then I am placed within the context of an educational system. Again, we're not saying good or bad, we're just saying. And now we're looking at a mental or intellectual evolutionary process. Now, granted, throughout all of this, we are exposed to situations and people, and we are experiencing emotions, and we're learning from them, and we're hopefully growing from them, and so forth, and not getting stuck, but it happens. But even that, can be considered an evolutionary process. However, when we get to the spiritual aspects of our existence, according to some, not all, there's only one way, for example, to God. In other words, there is the evolution, but it's there's an end point, and that is to be with the Creator following the uh, shutting down of the physical body. The evolutionary process of the physical body has ended, shut down, boom. Now I am with the Creator, and that's it. Made no sense to me because of the first three that I referenced. And with the physical body, you have, I don't know how many choices you have in terms of what you can eat and drink uh, when it comes to sustaining the body. As far as education, I don't know how many different uh, practices there are, different uh, uh, schools of thought and so forth that one can study. Uh, to uh, expand one's intellectual, shall we say, use the term consciousness? And the same thing with the emotions. But the spiritual, for some reason, there are some people who are of the school of, there's a beginning and there's an ending. But I want to talk to you about your perspective on what you mean by spiritual evolution. Well, spiritual evolution is, is really a subject that I, I would love more people to focus on because it's really why we're here. It's why 
we're here in the physical, it's to evolve spiritually. The, ep the epigraph in, in the book In Search of Lost Lives comes from Rumi, and the quote is, it takes a thousand stages for the perfect being to evolve. And one reason I included 88 past lives in the book In Search of Lost Lives was to show the process of spiritualization that was taking place life after life all across the board. So the way I look at spiritual evolution, Richard, it's the experiences and realizations that are strengthening your higher mind so that ultimately it becomes an ally of your soul. I talk a lot about your lower mind and your higher mind. And, and as I mentioned in our last show, most people's uh, dominant mind is their lower mind. They're subject to all the, the down-pulling passions like ego and lust and greed. So spiritualization is, is like learning how to be empathetic. It's all about learning how to become a good human being, refraining from violence, helping your fellow creatures, that type of thing. And so Earth is really a school, I call it the School of Hard Knocks, because it's a very tough planet, as we can all attest to what's going on, you know, today with the wars and the hunger and the people being displaced. The first two planets I was on, the, the people by and large were more spiritually evolved. They didn't commit acts of violence as a matter of course against animals and birds and fish. So we can take it we can take it from there. So but so many people are unfortunately just caught up in trying to exist, you know, make ends meet work. But we can all carve out time in our lives to really look within and ask what what would what would I do if God in human form were standing here next to me? That's always a great way to look at things. You know, or you can think of a, a, a saint that's passed. What if so-and-so were here next to me? How would I act? What, what would they do in this situation? Hmm. So the human life really is given for us, to us for God realization. It's as simple as that. And the better we progress, the better we can have a life next time or go all the way back to be with God. That's a distinct possibility, this life, to meet one who is fully realized, who I call a fully realized uh, master, whose consciousness is merged with God, and to learn the technique of contacting the inner word or inner sound, which is really a manifestation and emanation of, 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 the, of the Lord. Isn't it also presupposed, though, that one believes that there is a divine, a creator, a God? What, what was the first part of your question? I, isn't it, isn't it um, I don't know if this is the right word, uh, presupposition that there is a God? I mean, one has to believe that there is one in order for us to put that into the construct, that there is a creator, because there are a lot of people who do not believe that there is a quote-unquote supreme being right and i think that's because they've been had all kinds of uh, ideas and concepts that really don't chime with the reality but the point is i actually have a lot of respect for atheists and agnostics mm -hmm. um, because they haven't experienced it yet when you uh, pursue a spiritual path a lot is taken on faith and you can pursue a spiritual path without being a member of a religion while being an atheist or an agnostic. It's sort of like a, a show me attitude. Yeah. And the, the proof is in the pudding, to use a cliche. I mean, if, you can, if you're pursuing a real spiritual path with a true master, you can look, look at your behavior now and then years ago when you started and see the difference. You're less attached, you're less likely to get angry, you're living on a higher plane, you're enjoying moments of grace. Now, grace is a wonderful topic we can spend the whole hour talking about. <laughs> yes. and, 
It's, it's one of those concepts that is difficult to define, but you can experience grace in many ways, and we can get into that uh, as you wish. But the point I'm making is that somebody who is meditating, who's trying to say, if there's a God, show me, draw me nearer, uh, they can experience those moments of upliftment, of being flooded with spiritual ecstasy, if you will, mm -hmm. of things happening in a way that you know you're being helped out. I mean, I was experiencing a higher presence in my life from an early age. I was literally rescued from two uh, car accidents um, in, in uncanny ways. And I was being prepared and groomed to, to come on my spiritual path at an early age. Now, we talked a little bit about this uh, when we got together the last time in reference to uh, our search, our spiritual path and where it sort of began. Um, when you look back at the beginnings of your search, was it founded in this belief? And I actually want to expand that beyond belief. Was there a knowing in your heart, mind, soul, wherever, yeah, there is a God, there is a divine, a creator, there is a supreme being or uh, um, uh, what is the uh, intelligent designer, shall we say? Mm -hmm. an, an omniscient um, yeah, creator of, of everything. Well, yes, there was. I, I had an unshakable conviction, uh, even though I let go of my parents' religion after I turned 11. But the point is, I had been prepared for this in prior lives. Mm -hmm. um, I knew there was a path to an existence of pure bliss and immortality. I just had this unshakable conviction. And at that young age, I decided to devote myself at making that my top priority to finding it. So I was a conscious seeker from an early age. And mm. you, you literally are a seeker until you become the truth. And truth, capitalized, you can use as another name for God. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is, you know, let go of any baggage uh, you were brought up with that doesn't sit right with you. That's why in my book, I, I use a multiple uh, number of names for the Supreme Being. The preferred one is one I've coined, which is called Love Source, with the L and S capitalized, because that's kind of a neutral but highly descriptive term for I God. Like I like it, I like it, yeah. B because that supreme being is is really the heart and soul of, of love. It's, it's all love. The problem we experience, the reason why we experience so much suffering and agony, and everybody alive is suffering, even though they may not feel it at the moment, they're because they're suffering separation from their source. And to expand on this, the reason we're all suffering is that, you know, we have a lower mind that is never satisfied. No matter what desire is fulfilled, the next one pops up immediately. And all those desires um, congeal, that's the verb I use, into karmas, which keep bringing us back. Here in the West, a lot of people think uh, karma is hogwash, uh, airy fairy uh fancy but you know there when you go within you can see how karmas operate and how they're being played out mm -hmm. and of course something that comes along with karma uh, something mm -hmm. that is um it's probably more accepted today than maybe 10 15 20 years ago and that is uh a reincarnation Yes. Past yes. lives. And of course, you've got a whole book on yours, uh, Searching for Lost Lives. Um, uh, I personally have had a, what's called an LBL experience where uh, the gentleman that I worked with here in Santa Barbara, his name uh, is uh, Peter Wright. And um, he took me through a, a hypnosis session where I was exposed to the life before this one, right mm -hmm. before this one, which there are times when it's like, Oh, that was so nice. I want to go back. <laughs> you know, it was so nice. Um, but hey, I'm here uh, and so forth. Is, is 
Is that a prerequisite when we start talking about this subject that one must begin the process of accepting the concept of past lives along with karma? Uh, because karma, by any other name, is still, I mean, even, even our, uh, um, our, our uh, scientists, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, have, have used other terms to describe it. Uh, the law of cause and effect for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I guess even uh, from the science standpoint, um, Einstein, I mean, he's the one that coined that particular phrase, isn't he? As far as I yeah, remember, yeah. but but no, you don't. You know, if if karma and reincarnation comes right with you, that that's fine. You don't have to, you know, dwell on it. You know, the main thing is if if you want to embrace spirit, spirituality. I mean, the the biggest growing segment in most Western cultures, uh, in terms of religions, are those people who identify as spiritual, not religious. Uh, who want to go beyond you know the doctrines, the dogma, the rituals, the the people who who want to embrace spirit, you know our true self is the soul, but the problem is our we're not living simply as soul. We have a mind and we have a body, which uh, and the mind and, and is knotted together with the soul. Other otherwise we wouldn't be able to function on this plane. So, I mean, if you have a true heart and ardent desire to evolve spiritually, to know love source, if that exists, if, if you keep activating that as your eyes desire, you definitely will be moved along. So any kind of uh, terminology that doesn't sit right with you, you can, you can let go of that. I have had atheists on this program Mm -hmm. And I've actually found them to be more spiritual in their, their description of their values, their morals, uh, than, <laughs> than I have seen in the actions of uh, some folks, some people of faith. I right. found that well, very interesting. Yeah, well, because they're not tied to a specific uh, belief system that unfortunately uh, is on a living belief system the, the one who first promulgated it perhaps their exact words were not taken down but uh the whole point is not to be judgmental no, everybody no, no. is burdening under a load of karma uh, what they're going through in life and you know there are perfect phrases in the bible like judge not that you be judged so rather than judge people, uh, throw out all kinds of negative opinions, look at how you can become a better human being. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So that is sort of the process, if you will, learning to become a better human being uh, within the context of mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a spiritual evolution. And I know... Right. And, and going hand in hand with doing your best to be a better human being, uh, and bring this up is, is meditation. It's like uh, we have 24 hours in the day. You know, how many of those hours are spent going in the direction of God? And, and that's the whole point of, of meditation, really. Uh, mm. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable following a teacher, you can just find a quiet, comfortable place and uh, repeat a name, if you will, of, of God that uh, feels feels good for you, or not repeat any name at all, but you're calling uh, in, under your cloud of unknowing to that higher power. That's, that's the point. So um, the whole point, is, I mean, time is our most valuable uh, resource. The whole idea, you know, in my life is, is to devote a tenth of my time to calling to God in my meditation. Mm -hmm. So, and everybody has uh, the sound current, the word within them. Ultimately, that can become stronger and stronger and, and the connection better. But to be really attuned to it, to be connected to that God stream, the audible God stream, you do need a, a teacher, a saint, a master, call them what you will, who can initiate you. 
and reattune you uh, to the life stream and teach you the the uh, right of meditation. I know that uh, I, I am not. <laughs> I'll be self. I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I am not a big meditator. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Never have been, at least in the, we'll call it the conventional way. Right, right. Where I have actually heard it put this way, and I love this because I can do this. Mm -hmm. My meditation takes place, and this sounds a little weird, when I'm doing that which I love to do. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those. This is an element. Uh, that I love to do, and that is uh, talking with people such as yourself, Michael, and uh, sharing these ideas, these concepts with folks, because, I don't know, it does something, it's, it's, it's something that, that really, uh, I want to say, sort of mm -hmm. feeds my soul, shall we say, you know? Right. Well, well, you're very actively and consciously following a path of seeking, which really is leading you to the high, your higher power. I mean, the majority of hosts, when we've talked about meditation, have told me, I, I can't sit and meditate for two minutes. So, and, and that's fine, you are where you are. And my new book, which is coming out in June, I, I can't share the title now, but it's, <laughs> it's really, it's meditations that you can read, let me just say that. So you can advance your spiritual evolution simply by reading these very digestible short meditations. Well, I will look forward to that as well as the conversation we'll have about it. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll, we'll stick with meditation for just a moment. And I, I'm trying to recall whether this came up in our last conversation. And if it did, then we'll move on. But uh, and you let me know. Uh, the, someone, sh I was, I was, uh, I've been talking with people about meditation for years, and of course, getting their various descriptions of their methods and so forth. And I remember as a kid, uh, as a young adult, I should say, uh, growing up and hearing about meditation and how you needed to. The the first thing was you had to quiet the mind, you had to shut it down, so to speak, and make sure that you know, you know, none of these these monkey mind thoughts, you know, got in the way, that type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and 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 uh, that was basically the the perspective. That was the attitude uh, on the part of, of folks was that's what you did. Then um, as I evolved, so <laughs> if I may use that term, uh, as I evolved, um, I began to hear uh, that there are ways of quieting the mind. But I started thinking, well, well, wait a minute. I mean, what? Uh, I'm always a, I'm a proponent of going in uh, to that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place and listening to that still small voice, which is, um, you know, and you can pray there if you want to. Uh, we promote that as the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where you're going to get perfect vision for you, you know, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, but then, um, uh, you know, um, I thought, what if what if I told my mind thinking of it as a separate entity, though I know it's not. Look, I want to I wanna go over here into this room, okay? And I'm going to close the door. But I'm coming back. And when I come back, I'm going to have some fun stuff for us to play with, okay? And as I'm sharing this with one of my guests recently, they said, well, what if you did this? We talk about the mind as, you know, the monkey mind, you know, the chatter and so forth. And it's kind of like a child. What if you invited your mind to go with you with one condition? You have to be quiet. It's like a library. And you allow the mind to join you quietly while you're there. That way, the mind, like a child, feels included in the process. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts in regards to different ways in which to facilitate, shall we call it, a better or a more evolved meditation? Well, well, that's one strategy you could definitely employ. I mean, we all have a mind that's best to know how, how to work for it. Actually, um, my, my best meditations are done 
when I'm working on the first draft of a book and then the second draft, because I know that the more concentrated I am, the easier it will be to write. So I'm strategizing with the mind. If I just had a day of hanging out and watching TV, which I don't normally do, or, yeah. or, or going sailing or whatever, then the mind just wants to sink into its lazy habits. So the mind really cooperates when I tell it, you know, if you want this really difficult intuitive writing to go more easily, you're going to have to let me concentrate. And you'll actually enjoy bliss if, if you don't keep intruding. So it's, it's really up to us to create our own strategies of how to talk to the mind, how to deal with it. Uh, and it can be a, a really obstreperous uh, child that throws tantrums. But that's where your higher mind comes in. I mean, when you're talking to your mind, it's like, Richard, you're coming from your higher mind's place of, of wisdom. And I write a lot about wisdom in my most recently published book, A New Now, which we touched on a couple times in, in the past, mm -hmm. where I write about the 33 wisdoms, uh, the 11 loving wisdoms, the 11 guiding wisdoms, and the 11 evolutionary wisdoms. So that's also a great book for a seeker. It's really a whole guidebook on how to live your life. Mm. And can really teach you every things you need to know about the higher mind, the habitual mind, and the lower mind, and all potent strategies for dealing with them. Well, you know, it's it, to me fascinating that we have learned and we've come so far on one hand uh, in terms of uh, not mm -hmm. only our understanding and awareness of who and what we are, mm -hmm. and that's been a big one in and of itself, uh, because quite honestly, you have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of self in order to really know who you are, uh, because all of those elements make you who you are today. That's why I think uh, you'd probably agree that having regrets is a waste of time and energy because a regret is basically saying, if only I could go back and change something. Well, guess what? You can't. Um, you are who you are because of those events. When we talk about that aspect of our growth, uh, our self-awareness, if you will, uh, raising our consciousness, which I, I suspect has something to do with the soul uh, or, or, or the, the spiritual aspect of who we are, uh, there are some who they just they don't want to do that because there are too many painful, traumatic experiences and it's just not some it's not they just don't want to go there can you talk to us a little bit about the 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 importance and this is to someone who maybe is having that difficulty that challenge it's important that you take a look at these things and maybe in some instances kind of what you've already said find someone you can call them a therapist uh, what have you who can maybe facilitate this process for you so you feel safe in doing it in a place where you feel safe doing it and so forth so that you can move on because I think that a lot of this keeps us stuck from pursuing uh, when we're talking about spiritual evolution it's, it, it, uh, it stops us from pursuing our life's purpose. Well, well yes, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I fully believe and I've lived this way, you can pursue both. Um, I've been meditating daily since the age of 19, and I was placed in, a, in an unloving, highly dysfunctional family where on a regular basis I experienced physical abuse and also uh, sexual abuse and assault and, you know, emotional entanglement. So I, I started therapy at the age of 18 and I've been in different therapies most of my life, and it's been really wonderful, the whole progression of therapies. And, and typically the right person, the right therapy came in at the same time. So it's not like I can't, you know, focus on my spirituality because I've had all these horrible things happen to me. You know, work on yourself, 
therapeutically with those professionals you resonate with uh, at the right time and place. And you can also pursue your spirituality. They're not at all mutually exclusive. In fact, they go hand in hand. And I don't think I would have been able to access and write about what I had uh, if I hadn't gone through therapies. And I recovered amazing knowledge, which I footnote in In Search of Lost Lives, um, uh, that that got revealed to me uh, mm -hmm. in therapy. So so definitely, you know, work on yourself as you can. Um, repression uh, has its place, you know, when it's absolutely necessary and safe. But this is your chance to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. In the book, uh, In Search of Lost Lives, undoubtedly, my lower mind was predominant in those lives where I committed uh, enough hurtful actions that they outweighed any good I had done. And I took my next life as an animal. And most of those animal lives were pretty tough. I mean, how many of us would like to be uh, an animal that is, you know, shot or uh, with a with an arrow or, or a gun and, and carved up and eaten? But look at all the people being killed today. I mean, the earth is a tough place to live. And most people are so attached that if they do believe in reincarnation, they want to keep coming back. But the point I make often is, no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how much good you've done, you don't know what you've done in the past, in your past lives. You don't know what you're going to have to pay, pay off. And that's why I was so profoundly grateful I, I came upon my spiritual path because the meditation is designed to evoke grace to dissolve all those past karmas and it's called your sinshit karmas which is Sanskrit for your reserve karmas so all those horrible things I did I mean in one past life I write about in In Search of Us Lives I was a ruler on this planet called the Zine. And I started in a necessary war to kind of show how tough we were and how capable we were, because I was highly concerned that a more powerful country was going to invade us. So I basically orchestrated the murder of over 260,000 men, women, and children. And uh, the punishment for that was beyond, uh, beyond the beyond the beyond. So that's why if you really want to look out for yourself, you're, you're going to want to do something about those, those past karmas that have accumulated, that unless you're really highly evolved, you don't know. It's just think of having three mountain ranges equal to, to the Himalayas sitting on top of your head. Not that I want to you know, spare anybody, but right. it's just um, the unknown is worth exploring and, and doing your best to, to overcome it. Mm. Fascinating. Michael Goddard is my guest. Goddard.com is the website which we will be linked to. We encourage you to uh, seek out this information. I personally find it fascinating. I love talking about this stuff uh, because, of course, as always, it raises uh, sometimes more questions uh, than answers. But that's the whole point, is you get some answers uh, to some questions, and then those answers give you more questions, and you just keep on going deeper and deeper, we would hope, into this process. Um, and, and if I just may jump in, and that's really what seeking is. It's asking questions and trying out things. And Well, so and, I want to ask, and we're going to move on to one of the other topics in just a moment, but one of the other, yeah. uh, of the other things that I want to touch on real quickly here in regards to spiritual evolution, um, I'm going to ask the questions. And you can respond to these questions either individually or collectively in terms of how they relate to this whole spiritual evolution aspect. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Uh, you, you have asked several of the immortal questions of humankind. Well, who am I? You are the soul. That is your true identity. The true you is not your current body and mind. That's what you had to take association with to live here. 
And where do you, where do I come from? Uh, originally, you came from love source, the Supreme Being. The Supreme Being uh, sent all, you know, infinite, seemingly infinite number of souls down here to experience the creation. And where where am I going? That depends. And we've really been talking about this and around it. Uh, and what I'm going to say is, is actually a generalization. If if you've done your best to be a good human being, you will most likely come back uh, as a human being rather than incarnate, as I mentioned before, uh, as an animal. And as I said, where are you going? If your hurtful actions outweigh the good, you quite likely will lose the opportunity of a human birth for I don't know how long. Now, in terms of where you're going, if you really want to leave, if you want to forego and escape suffering forever, then you would want to seek what, what I call a fully realized saint or master who can show you the way back. And the immortal questions have been here for all time and they're there for a purpose. They're to allow you to evolve spiritually and to seek God or whatever you want to call that nameless source. Call it source if that feels good to you. Mm. And the answers to those questions are somewhat, well, let me rephrase that and ask it as a question. Are the answers mm -hmm. to those questions subjective or objective? Well, the answers to those you can experience is truth, I would say. When you get to a certain point in spiritual evolution, and I'm talking about the regions within your consciousness, when you transcend your mind and let it go, in fact, when you've paid off all of your reserve karmas, your century karmas, then all your lives are an open book. You can see your entire journey through existence of what's called the causal or mental plane, the astral plane, and the physical worlds. I was very lucky because I was able to get a, uh, to reconnect with my past lives, but the purpose of that was that uh, I could write a book and share this with people. So the whole point of being a seeker is to become the truth, to know the truth, to be the truth. And ye shall know the truth and it will set you free, right? <laughs> That's when you become free, when you don't have to incarnate anymore and you just exist in the endless fields of pure love and joy, and which Greg, is beyond any language. you know. Indeed. We had Greg Braden on this program many years ago talking about one of his books um, uh, having to do with belief. Mm -hmm. And the conversation went along the lines of uh, how he, he made the comment. He said that one day, one day, we will no longer believe. We will know. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, that that's possible, that we won't need... Because, uh, again, they say that beliefs are not based in fact or reality, per se. They're based upon our perceptions of what we think, um, what, what we think is or will be. Uh, for example, the choices that we've made up to this point, you and I, have brought us right here where we are. And the choices mm -hmm. that we'll make in the future will bring us to wherever it is that we're going to be in the future to which one of my guests said yes. However, the choices that you make now are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be. So what are your thoughts in terms of the difference between believing and knowing? Well, belief, beliefs can also be based on experience. I mean, if, if you're seeking a teacher, you're, you're going to also want to, with your higher mind, with your highest uh, state of knowing, be in touch with your experience of being with that teacher. You know, to what extent do they have ego? Or are they are they purely humble? So, uh, and could you repeat the question again? Because I got off on a little tangent on beliefs. What you think the difference is between believing and knowing? Is it something that we will 
transcend as part of our spiritual oh, evolution? Oh, uh, yes, uh, thank you, absolutely. Because, I mean, beliefs can, can take you to knowing. If you, if, if you believe you're doing the right thing with, with the purest of intentions of, of progressing in your spiritual evolution, eventually, I mean, the end point of spiritual evolution is when you know everything, you become omniscient and you merge in the ocean of omniscience. Um, you lose your own, your own identity. This is why it's so difficult for people to really get, engage with spiritual evolution because it's very much as you progress more and more, it's all about losing your identity and to become one with, with love source. I mean, there are so many love stories where the person you know, with the earthly love, the person is so enamored and so in love with with the other that they lose all sense of, their, of themselves. Yet they still have an ego, and that's why marriages can break up because the egos don't get along. Um, but mm -hmm. definitely, belief you know, the right focused beliefs can lead you to pure knowledge. They're, they're you know, they can go hand in hand. We're talking with Michael Goddard. Goddard.com is the website, and we encourage you to go to his website. That's G-O-D-D-A-R-T.com. I want to move on to the aspect of uh, relation, uh, the relationship of the soul and the mind, uh, and you kind of alluded to the, the combination, the pair. That It's almost as if you can't have one without the other. Is that is that your assessment? And talk to us about that relationship that that sometimes we struggle with, especially when it comes to meditation. <laughs> well, that's why we struggle. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> you know the the soul and mind, as I mentioned, are not a together, and the mind has a mind of its own. I mean, the mind uh, is ruled by its desires, by its attachment to the senses. The soul just want one thing. I mean, the soul is filled with longing to be back with, with God, to be with love source. But from all these lives we've had, and I identified in my book, In Search of Lost Lives, in terms of human lives, I've had 4,137 and millions of other lives. I mean, I've had plant lives. I mean, that's how I started out. So all these lives with this mind, which wants what it wants and wants to get what it wants, has encrusted the soul. We're, we're really not that much in touch with the soul. We're really 99.99% mind. And those soulful moments we may experience are really much more your higher mind, which is on a higher plane. Interesting. So is it beneficial for us to cultivate that relationship with the mind, especially in light of the, um, uh, the, the the conversation we had earlier about meditating and ha mm -hmm. having a more, again, I'm not sure this is the right word, effective, or maybe beneficial is the is the is the correct uh, uh, usage here, uh, uh, a more beneficial meditation where when we go into that meditative state, however, and, and so forth, we do that, that when we return to, so, so to speak, the real world, because one of those programs that uh, you and I were chatting about before the program, Ancient Wisdom, or Ancient Mysteries, um, began to allude to the fact that even this material world isn't so solid if you looked at it through a powerful enough microscope. Well, well, it's all illusion. It's all false. Everything is illusory uh, until you go back to, to God. But what I would encourage anyone listening is to to develop a better understanding of the mind, to watch it and see where it takes you. And uh, in a new now, you can. That's really a, a guidebook for how you can come to grips with the mind and understand it and learn how to deal with it, learn how to ask the questions you need to ask to get your best focus in life. So it's really valuable 
not to identify with the mind because most people, their identity really is their mind and how, you know also how their body looks at the moment. And that's really kind of impeding their, their progress, I feel, in spiritual mm. evolution. I mean, the mind is the fugitive on a lamb to have as much pleasure as possible. And I, I, that's what I call the mind, the fugitive. And the soul is the captive. It's the captive of the mind. All the soul is is love and longing. Mm -hmm. you know, the mind is attached to the pleasures and, and all the down-pulling uh, emotions. You can, you can, I, I list many of them in my book, Spiritual Revolution. They're like over 50 names for expressions of anger, for instance, you know, like annoyance and complaining. They're all aspects of anger. Right. When you meet a saint, this is someone who, who is beyond anger. It's just pure sweetness, pure nectar. Do you think that there is a, a way for us as individuals to reach a point where we transcend some of these emotional, uh, I, I'm not even sure again what word I want to use here. Well, uh, well, well down-pulling uh, tendencies or, or Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well, I mean, doing your best to be a good human being in meditation, those are the, the two wings of the bird that will take you higher and higher. So, but the mind is, you can't overestimate the power of the mind. I mean, the, really the mental power is what created every, everything in, in this world. And there are, you know, rulers of the different regions, like the what I've mentioned before, the astral and causal region. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like no, no being, no soul can escape uh, until they, they've paid off their karma. And so the whole creation of the physical world is designed to keep you enmeshed. Mm. So it's a, we're, it's a very difficult situation we find ourselves in. And that's why you know, spiritual evolution is a long ongoing process that can take many lives. My spiritual evolution, my actual real spiritual evolution began thousands of lives ago when I was a woman with six children on my first planet, Chorlu. Mm. And I had a, a really mystical high experience I was given that really kind of awakened my soul and my higher mind to begin seeking. So, um, you know, one very famous interviewer asked me if, if he had, if I had any idea how many past lives he had. And I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, if I believe in past lives and reincarnation, I'd say, well, maybe this is my 12th life. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't know how many past lives you've had. I'm not in that place. But if my best guess in terms of what I've recovered and my experiences, I'm, I would be fully believing that you've had thousands of past lives because your whole life is about seeking and asking guests questions and seeking out the truth. So I would be surprised if you had less than 3,000 human past lives, forgetting about all the animal past lives. And, and I know what you're referring to uh, in terms of reincarnation, and yet at the same time, would it also not be possible to say that even in this single lifetime, we will live multiple lives i.e. as we evolve, as we grow and change, and it kind of goes back to the lyrics of a song by R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. And that, that phrase is true at almost every moment of our lives because change is the one constant in the universe that we cannot escape. There's no such thing as stagnation in that regard. Um, and we can't go back any more than we can go back to those past lives. Now, other than maybe through a hypnosis session and we can find out about the different past lives and learn. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, that and, and in your case, that must have been a monumental process 
It, uh, it just really it was about the most amazing experience yeah. you can imagine. But the thing I one thing I really loved about it, Richard, is how confirming uh, it was, because all these sanskaras uh, I've had, and a sanskara is an impression from a past life. Like, um, why did you know? I've had some very powerful deja vu experiences, like when I first went to Occidental uh, in California. I, where I lived close by, when I went to Hong Kong, when I went to Juhu Beach near Bombay or Mumbai. When I recovered lives, I realized I had been there very recently in my most recent and second past life. So it's very affirming. But going back to what you said initially, a, a lot of us have, our lives are so packed with karma, forgive the word, that it really is as if we've had multiple lives. I mean, people have had multiple marriages mm -hmm. and you've, you've lived in multiple locations which have been entirely different. And, you know, people have multiple jobs. It's very different from now when you were a farmer, which you have been recently, and lived in one place and your days were pretty much the same from beginning to end for most of your life if you grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. So in a way, this is, is as tough and frightening as these times are. We are going through a lot of stuff and paying off a lot, I believe. So this is your opportunity to make spiritual progress. I can't emphasize that enough. We're talking with uh, Michael Goddard. Goddard.com is the website. Searching for Lost Lives is just one of the books uh, that uh, he has written. Uh, if I'm correct on the title here, The New Now, is that the uh, correct title? Yeah, A New Now. Yeah. Your, your Guide to Mastering Wisdom Daily, Achieving Equilibrium, and Empowering Your Nobler Self. And from my website, you can get all kinds of information and then you can click over to Amazon if that's where you like to, to get your books. Yeah. And I want to mention that a new now and an earlier book, Bliss, um, will shortly be available as Audible books. Oh, wonderful. I will look forward to that because I love Audible. Uh, now, I was listening to Audible before it was ever Audible. Mm -hmm. I was in my uh, high school years, maybe even earlier than that, and I was uh, uh, initially in grade school, uh, my textbooks were large print because I was legally blind. But over the course of time, I was introduced to recordings for the blind and talking books for the blind. And that's where I was introduced to my metaphysical primer, the autobiography of a yogi. So mm -hmm. I absolutely, I love to listen. And when you have the right narrator, like I did for the, believe it or not, 1972 recording that I have on my phone of Autobiography of a Yogi. I, I tell you what, listening to it, I love the stories, but I love listening to it for the gentleman who narrated it uh, because it takes me back to those days, uh, those wonderful uh, teen years <laughs> that I had. Oh, yes. So uh, I applaud you for uh, having it available. I think that's fantastic. And as I said, I look forward to uh, uh, listening to it. <clears throat> We're talking again with uh, Michael Goddard, uh, Goddard.com, G-O-D-D-A-R-T.com. That's the website we'll be linked to. We're talking today, and we're not going to be able to get through all of them, but, but we'll have you back. I promise you we're going to have you back uh, to continue uh, our conversation. We've already touched upon spiritual evolution. Each one of those we can only touch upon. We, we could spend hours, I'm sure. Relationship of the soul and mind. And you, I think you sort of alluded to the rules of the realms of existence uh, at, at, at some level there. Talk to us about uh, what realms and by the way I did a research on the translation uh, from German because I was curious what the heck is a Reich and what were the first two and I actually did find out what they were but that's the definition of the word Reich it's realm so uh, I won't use <laughs> the word here but uh, talk to us about the rules of the realms of existence right well well we've actually been uh, been talking about it, uh, Richard. I mean, in this realm, we're, we operate under the law of action and reaction. So everything you, you do create, you know, can create a karma. And there are three types of karma. There's your kriyaman, which is your destiny karmas for this life. 
and there's the uh, your pralab karmas and your sincha karmas, which which are your reserve karmas. So the rules of the realms. I mean, it, we can we can divide really creation into five vast realms. You have the physical worlds, of which there are many. I mean, people know how many billions of galaxies there are. There's the astral world, which dwarfs the physical. Then there's the causal. Now, in all these three major, major realms, you, you have matter, mind, and spirit. Beyond the mental realm, you have the first spiritual realm, which has been called Par, Par Brahm or Daswantar. That is really devoid of, of mind. And beyond that is a is another spiritual realm, uh, which some mystics have called Banmar Gufa, which is means the whirling cave. And beyond that is your true home, which has been called Sachkhand. And that's when that's like the, the first kind of divine realm. So really you can also and this is in my new book, I write about the seven heavens. I mean, the expression, I'm in seventh heaven, has been with us for a long time. I, I write about the seven heavens, which, you know, starting, there's, you know, the, the astral, the causal, the parbrahm, the first spiritual, the bamargufa, our true home, and then beyond that are advanced gradations, if you will, of God. All this is beyond language. It has to be experienced. Mm. Fascinating. Let me ask you about these these realms. Uh, obviously, as you just gave us the laundry list, so to speak, of, of, of these <laughs> realms. Um, and we are able to access them? Is there a, a process by which, or are we always accessing them and it's just sort of a, a natural state that we're in, where maybe in our dream state, uh, that's something I've also heard said, that uh, the, the world that we are in right now, that you and I are conversing in, that's not real. But when we are dreaming, that's the real world. Well, typically dreaming, you're in the lower consciousness because when you wake up and you realize you're dreaming, so entering these higher realms is like waking up, waking up and waking up. Mm -hmm. So to to access them, you have to do it through meditation. And everybody has that capacity because we have a mystical aperture uh, at the eye center. So that's the whole idea of the meditation I do is to still the mind and gather my mind and soul currents at my eye center and withdraw from the physical body. And as you ascend the astral chakras, uh, eventually you, you reach the powerhouse of, of the astral world. So everybody has this possibility, but you know the challenge is to find the right teacher, the right uh, who can initiate you into that meditative practice. Uh, which I discussed earlier. Right. Now, that's a, 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 a little, a, a, that's a challenge for me because I have never uh, chosen or found one individual that I followed. Uh, and I know a lot mm -hmm. of people, they, they do find this person. At the same time, I guess I, I, guess I could acknowledge that maybe... Mm -hmm. My teacher or teach, I, I have multiple teachers. They maybe are through this program. Maybe it's from my metaphysical primer, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, mm -hmm. and that philosophy and those people who are in there. Because I have found that that uh, um, that philosophy, like the ocean waves on the shore, seems to come in and then go out. And then it'll come back in again over another couple mm -hmm. of years, and then it'll go out. So what about that? What if... I don't feel the affinity for one individual, but I'm getting benefit, if you will, in my process, mm -hmm. my spiritual evolution from multiple sources. I mean, I was yeah. in a high for a year and a half, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought this up because because that's perfectly fine. This is where you are uh, in your in your seeking phase, and we have teachers all through life. Um, and the point is, if you want to find like your ultimate teacher or guide, 
to take you within, you really don't have to be concerned with that or anxious. I mean, continue your seeking, but that power will bring you to that person. Mm. So you're not going to be put in contact with a teacher until it's the right time and place. So, so I, I write a lot in, in Search of Lost Lives about my past life uh, in England when I, I call that uh, the seeker life. That was my my main life of seeking, and I would go to all kinds of meetings and programs and read metaphysical books. So everything has its place and time, and it's absolutely fine if you don't feel the pull right now for a particular teacher or you know, you're experiencing teaching through uh, all your different guests and what rings true with you. I mean, and Yogananda had a, a master who initiated him, as far as I know, from my research into mm -hmm. the sound current. Yeah, uh, Sri Yukteswar, uh, I believe, was his name. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, again, I, I love to uh, reread uh, that book, I'll, I'll pull it up on my phone and I'll start, I'll put the earbud in my ear, which by the mm -hmm. way, I never, uh, I never put both earbuds in. I mm -hmm. only have one in and it's usually, and it's always in my right ear because I want to be able to hear the outside world in case there's some kind of warning, a siren, uh, uh, somebody walks up and says hello that I recognize and so forth. Um, I just I, 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 I just cannot s now if I'm sitting let's say here in the studio I might put both earbuds in or both headphones over my ears mm -hmm. uh, and and submerge myself in that way um, but I love doing that and sometimes walking I'll go out to the beach and I'll have that book or some other book rolling in my head <laughs> through the through the earbud um, I find that that is that is such a wonderful experience, and again, I'm glad that we're going to be able to have an opportunity. Uh, again, it's uh, the new now is the one that's going to be audible. Right, Bliss. Um, it should, actually, Bliss would be an ideal book for you or people who you know don't meditate and don't particularly want to, because it's it's uh, 33 simple ways you can open up your spiritual self. Mm. It's a beautiful book. It's fully illustrated, although the Audible won't be illustrated. Right. But that's that's coming out probably within three or four weeks, and then a new now is coming out uh, as well. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story, and we've been talking this hour with uh, Michael Goddard, uh, talking about uh, the, the these different mysteries, if you will, that... Uh, we are all curious about uh, in particular he's given us five of them that he delves into in his different work mysteries of existence solved and i hope that uh, you will uh, make it a point to take a look we're going to cover the other two in our next program michael i would love to have you back to talk about the journey of the soul and lost civilizations now that to me is very important because it seems to me that uh, when we talk about lost civilizations, and forgive me for even diving into this, these lost civilizations, which seems to me we would be able to find out a little bit through learning about our past lives, but that these civilizations had some of what you're talking about as part of their everyday life, and it just made life, I don't know if it made it easier, uh, but it, it made it more understandable so that they didn't get trapped in some of the things that we find ourselves in this modern day uh, trapped in. So I look forward to our conversation in that regard. Yes, absolutely. And particularly the um, civilizations from my earlier planets had what you were talking about. They had a higher knowledge of reality. Well, that'll be exciting to talk about as well. And uh, we look forward to having an opportunity to do just that here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm going to ask you three final questions I ask all of my guests. And whether you're a returning guest and the answers are the same or they're different, we look forward to those. But first, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Mondays at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m., and Monday through Friday from 8 
to 9 a.m. And uh, we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. We uh, podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations, too numerous to mention here. We are on YouTube, as I uh, alluded to uh, when I say thank you for listening to and watching. And uh, I just received my January uh, statistics, and uh, both um, uh, views and hours listened are uh, 3,000, just under 3,000 views and almost 3,000 hours, I believe, of listening on YouTube. So uh, thank you for, for doing so, for viewing and listening. We um, ask you to subscribe too if you can and then click notification so that when a new conversation is posted, you'll be notified. We ask that if you can support the work we're doing financially, we would ever be ever so grateful. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have and to those who will. Put in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com uh, when you go to PayPal. And also take time to go within into that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place and listen to that still, small voice. I guarantee you will learn something about you one way or the other. So I hope you'll do that during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. With all that being said, we start out with our first of three questions. Number one, who is Michael Goddard? Michael Goddard is a mind and soul entity on his way back home, who will no longer exist once I emerge in the ocean of bliss. What gets you out of bed in the morning? I, well, I'm looking forward to meditating. Hmm. And finally, what was your best day? What was my best day? Uh, well, I'd have to say the, the day I was initiated into my meditative practice. Hmm. And we will have to bring that up and talk about that as well a little bit more here on Tell Me Your Story. Michael, again, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Richard. It's always a delight, and I just love conversing with you. As All do I. Best. I hope you folks do too. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love Talal, Jeanette, I am listening. Dad, continue to be happy. I am. To my dear friend, Doug, I call him Smokey. I wish I could remember why that came up, but be, be that as it may, I'll see you on the other side. And to my dear friend, Zorro, aho, aho. <laughs>